Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, today is Father's Day, but while it's Father's Day, it's also Mother's Day. And it's also Sons and Daughters Day. It's Family Day as well, because the Lord is seeking to put a word into every one of our lives today, so we open up our hearts to receive that. Fathers, mothers, children, the family unit today, to hear the word of the Lord. Today I want to minister from one of the greatest miracles in the Bible, and it's the raising of a son to life, the raising of the Shunammite's son to life, a woman of Shunam. Hebrews 11:35 says, women received their dead raised to life again. Women received their dead raised to life again. And there are two outstanding examples in the Old Testament. The one we're going to look at particularly of Elisha and the woman of Shunem, but there's also Elijah and the woman of Zarephath. Women received their dead raised to life. Two examples upon the word of God. Now let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. The Bible says, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman. King James says, A great woman. A great woman. She was great in the sight of the Lord. She developed her spirit. She developed her spiritual capabilities and capacities. The Bible says she was great in the eyes of the Lord. She was great in the eyes of people. She was a servant. She was influential. It doesn't say that her husband was a great man. He had equal opportunity to be. But it's not noted in this passage. And in fact, as we look at this passage, we see very clearly that in this family, the wife was more spiritual than the husband. He had opportunity, but he didn't quite come up to the standard of the Lord. But she was a great woman, and she had a tremendous heart for God. Now, he supported her, and they flowed together in the family unit, but she was the more spiritual person in the family. Elisha went to Shunem where there was this great woman and she persuaded him to eat some food or to eat bread. The Bible says she constrained him to come in. The, the Spirit of the Lord, the anointing of the Lord comes into our homes by strong invitation. She had to constrain him to come in. He wasn't unwilling to come in. That prophetic anointing, that man of God, that power of God, that word of God was not reluctant to come into that home, but it has to be constrained by the family. In the New Testament twice, the Bible says that the disciples had to constrain Jesus to come to them. It may, he made as though he would have passed by them, as he would have kept on his journey, and he would have, but they constrained him. They pulled on him. They said, come abide with us. Come into the boat. Come into the house. And he did. God needs a people of strong invitation of his presence. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat bread eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there whenever he's on his journey from Mount Carmel through the land in ministry. When he comes to shoot him, he's going to have a place. Now, this woman was discerning. She was wise. She was great in spirit. She said, I want the anointing of God in my home. He that receives 
A prophet, recognizing he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward, the Bible says. She said, if we bless this man of God, if we open our hearts to this ministry, the blessing of the Lord will rest upon our life. She said, let's, let's enlarge our home. Let's enlarge our family. Let's enlarge our spiritual capacity as husband and wife. Let's build an upper room in this place. Let's enlarge this place for some worship, some prayer, some meditation in the Word, some hard following after God. Let's open our home up to some prophetic anointing, some inspiration of God, a new move of God. We've been going along for years, but let's open up our home to a new anointing, to a new, fresh move of God in our lives. They built an upper room. Throughout the Bible, the upper room speaks of prayer and worship. The most outstanding example is Acts chapter 1, where the disciples, the 120, after Jesus ascended to heaven, gathered in the upper room in supplications, in seeking God, in fasting prayers, in waiting on the Lord. They said, we're going to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. We're going to spend time in the presence of God, in unity, until the Holy Spirit falls upon us. The upper room speaks of prayer and worship. This couple down in Shunem said, let's open up our home. Let's have more worship in our home. Let's have more prayer. The man of God is coming by. Let's eat bread. It's more than just eating food, as some translations have. Said, so let's enter into covenant with this man. Let's set our hearts toward what this man has, the anointing and the word of God. And they ate bread with him. They fed on the word of God. They adjusted their home. They asked questions. They studied the word. They began to develop their spiritual understanding. We want to know more about God. We want to know more about his ministry than we've known in the past. They had an upper room. The Bible says they ate bread with him. There was a bed. The bed speaks of rest. Let's make sure there's rest and refreshing in our home. The Bible says rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't get too impatient. Don't start running ahead of the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Delight in him, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We need a bed in our home, a bed that carries a prophetic anointing of the Lord, an inspiration of God. For the Bible says, while his beloved sleep, God's gifts are given. Now I lay me down to sleep. And my spirit is open, and my heart is ready, and I'm waiting on the Lord to minister to me tonight so that when I wake in the morning, I've got the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. I don't have to go to school in the morning. I've already had a word from the Lord on my heart. That's what the prophet Isaiah said. The Lord's been speaking to me. Rise in the morning with that kind of a spirit. I anticipate the night watches that I may meditate in your word, O Lord, that I can hear from you. There was a bed in that upper room. There was a table and chair, table for and chair for study, for preparation. The Bible says we are to excel in our ministry, no matter what area of the church that we operate in, no matter what area of the church we function in. We are to be skillful in our ministry. We need a table and a chair in our upper room where we're waiting on the Lord for the ministry he's called us to, for that portion of life that we put into the body of Christ, that we will be skillful, that we will be sharp, that we will be excellent before the Lord. You need a table and chair in the upper room. 
and you need a lampstand. The oil has to be on fire. The oil has to be on fire. The lamp of the Lord. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. A lamp on fire, a spirit that is on fire for God. People that are filled with the zeal of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. My, let's enlarge our home. Let's enlarge the place of our habitation, our residence. Let's make sure that we adjust ourselves and adjust our family for that prophetic anointing of the Lord, for that life of God that wants to move into our place of residence and bless us and take us on in God. How many say amen to that this morning? One day as Elisha was coming and going, and one day as he stopped by, he said, my, this, this woman has taken such good care of us said to a servant, Gehazi, what can be done for her? Call her in. Let's do something special for her. Elisha, because of his ministry, a statesman, prophetic statement in the, statesman in the land, he had acquaintance with the king. And he called her in. He said, he said, woman of Shunem, he said, what can we do for you? Do you want me to speak to the king for you? Do you want me to speak to the captain of the host? Commander of the army? said, is there some favor that could come down from royalty and from the military might of Israel? Maybe some tax exemption? What do you need? She said these words, I dwell among my own people. I dwell among my own people. She said, I'm, I'm blessed of God. I'm satisfied in the goodness of the Lord. Now there were things that had not materialized in her life. But she wasn't frenetic, and she wasn't anxious against the Lord, and she wasn't buffeting against all the enemy attack and all the lack in her life. She said, I am content in the blessing of the Lord. The Lord has satisfied me. I am full of the blessing of the Lord. I dwell among my own people. Thank you, Elisha. And she went to the door. And as she left, Gehazi said, said to Elisha, the man of God, he said, She's childless. Her husband is advanced in age, and they've never had a child. And before she got too far, Elisha said, call her back in. And she came back in, and he said, about this time next year, you will bear a son. She cried out, no, my Lord, don't, don't lie to your maidservant. But it happened according to the word of the Lord. Because she opened up her life and she opened up her home to the ministry of the Lord and to the anointing and the word of God and to prayer and worship and tenacity after the living God. And it came to pass that at set time next year that a son was born and she cradled him in her arms. Now that little child grew and he became a young lad. And one day, one morning, he ran out to the harvest field with his father to be with the reapers. And all of a sudden, he was struck ill. He said, my, my head, my head. Not sure. Some say it was sunstroke, but being in mid-morning, it's not probable. But something happened. Illness struck this child. Sickness struck this child. And the father said to the reapers, carry him back to his mother. Take him back to the house. And, and they brought him in to the house. And he sat on his mother's lap. And you know she was praying over him and believing God, and asking God to touch him. And at midday, at noon, he died. You know what she did? She took that 
little son of hers, and she carried him up into the upper room where the man of God stayed. And she said, I'm going to lay this child up before the Lord, and I'm going to lay this child in the upper room. I'm going to lay this child up in the prophetic anointing of the Lord. She said, I'm going to run to the man of God. Now let me speak freely this morning. In our day and age, the first place we run is to emergency. As quick as we can, we're off. Some practitioner, some form, some, some something to help take care of me. But this woman didn't do that. She said, I'm going to lay up my child before the Lord, and I'm going to run to the man of God. Now, I know our culture, and I know our dependencies, and I know our practicality, and I know our appeal to common sense, but along with many of you, I'm yearning for a greater healing ministry and a greater anointing to rest on the body of Christ. And I say, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. According to your faith, according to the believing of Jesus Christ, Jesus said to his disciples, you couldn't cast out this devil because of lack of faith in your life. Lack of faith in the body of Christ. Lack of faith in our families. Lack of faith in our lives. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief that our capacities can increase and we can stand in a greater dimension of the healing power and ministry of the Lord. Hallelujah. She laid her son on the bed and she went out to the harvest field quickly and this godly submission, she said, please, my husband, let me, give me one of the servants and, and give me one of the donkeys and let him drive me to the man of God. Mount Carmel was a number of miles away. The husband said, it's not the Sabbath. It's not new moon, the beginning of month where they dedicate the whole month to the Lord. See, the people of God dedicated every day to the Lord. They get dedicated every week to the Lord on the Sabbath. They dedicated every month to the Lord at new moon, and they dedicated every year to the Lord at Passover. He said, it's not, it's not new moon. It's not Sabbath. There, there's, no, there's no prayers today. There's no healing ministry today. Sometimes husband and wife aren't totally aligned in spiritual realms, and sometimes unbelief makes the decision. But that day, faith made the decision. And he said, you can, you can take a servant, and you can take a donkey, and you can ride, and you can run. She said, I, I need to run to the man of God a number of miles away. And she said to the driver, she said to the driver, that donkey, she said, do not slacken your pace for me unless I tell you. Do not slacken your pace for me. Don't regard this journey as too much for me. Don't slacken your pace. 
out of some misguided sympathy for me. Don't hold me back from the blessing of God. Don't say the journey is too hard. Let's soften the journey. She says, it's a test of faith. It's a trial of my faith. I must press through to the Lord. I must receive an answer of God. And I say this morning, Holy Spirit, do not slacken your pace for me. Holy Spirit, do not slacken your pace for me. Because we're so quick to have it more comfortable, to relax. I need more time. I need to hold back. But I don't want to live in less than the full blessing of God, and neither do you. And we must say, Holy Spirit, don't slacken your pace for me unless I tell you. And God forbid that I should tell you. You lead me on in your power. You lead me on in your authority. You lead me on in your strength to fulfill the complete will of God for my life. And for these situations, and for these trials, and for these attacks of Satan, and for these circumstances of life, Holy Spirit, don't you slacken the pace for me. You ride on in power until I receive the victory, and receive the answers, and receive the knowledge of the Lord in whatever I face. They arrived at Mount Carmel and, and the woman of Shunem went in and the Lord hadn't revealed to Elisha her situation. And when, she, when he heard that the child had, was dead, she, he, Elisha said to Gehazi, he said, Gehazi, take my staff and go quickly and lay my staff on the face of this child. And Gehazi went out with the staff and went on his journey to fulfill the word of Elisha. I mean, that staff was powerful. That was the rod of God. How many miracles have been, been performed by that staff of faith? It had memory in it. It had experience. It had ministry weight in it. It had the power of God backing it. And Gehazi went out, but the woman didn't go with Gehazi. She said, no, my Lord. She says, I want a full measure. I know you're sending your servant and you're sending your staff, but as the Lord God lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. She says, I'm bringing, I'm invoking the power of the double oath. As the Lord God lives and as you live, I will not leave you. I'm imploring you to come. I want a full measure. I want a full intercession. I want a full work of God. And it's represented in you, the prophet of the Lord in the land. And so Elisha prepared himself and off they went on the journey. And as they were nearing the place where, of her residence and where the child was, Gehazi was returning. And he said, I, I, laid my, I went as you commanded and I laid, my staff on the fa laid your staff on the face of the child, but nothing happened. Well, I guess that's it then. We tried. We prayed. But Elisha came to the house and he went into the upper room and the Bible says he began to pray. And then he stretched himself out on the child. He put his mouth on the child's mouth and his eyes on the eyes of the child and he stretched out his hands and put them on the hands of the child. And he was imparting his very life and spirit, his intercessions, his groanings, his weepings on this situation for that child to revive. And the Bible says in a few minutes, the, the flesh of the child grew warm. But there was no reviving. But the flesh of the child grew warm and encouragement. 
Some encouragement. How many of you are thankful when you're praying over some desperate situation and you receive some encouragement? You may not have a full answer yet, but you've got an encouragement from the Lord. And Elisha said, I've got an encouragement. The flesh is the flesh is warm. You know what Elisha did then? He went back down from the upper room. He went down into the house, and he began to walk to and fro in that house. Are there any pacers in the church this morning? Are there any people that will pace up and down in the prayer room and these prayer halls and prayer walls and, and these aisles on Tuesday nights? Are there any prayer warriors who will march up and down in the house of the Lord and plead the promises of God and confess the word of God and declare his promises and cry out for understanding and speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gives utterance because you pray according to the will of God? Are there any people here who will declare the word of the Lord as they pace this place in the power of God, invoking the great I am name? I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord that provides for you. I am the Lord that gives you victory. I am the Lord that's your shepherd that walks with you. Are there pacers in the house? Elisha paced up and down in that house, crying out, calling on the Lord, asking for a word of wisdom. What do I do now? How can the answer of the Lord come? And all of a sudden, he went back up to the upper room, up the stairs to the upper room, and he stretched himself out again upon that child. He said, my very affections, my very life, my very yearning, every prophetic anointing, every desperate cry after God. I, I, I impart to this child right now. He put his mouth on his mouth. How many have children today? Sons and daughters. How many have sons and daughters that need a touch from the Lord? They all do. Elisha put his mouth on the mouth of the child so he could impart life to that child, that that child would begin to breathe and begin to praise the Lord, that the mouth of that child would be filled with laughter and his tongue would be filled with singing, that that little child would receive the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues, that that little child would have the promises of God in its mouth and declare the goodness of the Lord, that that little child would prophesy for Acts 2 17 says in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy as we heard Tuesday night from Pastor Deanna what a powerful ministry she brought to us Tuesday night because upon our children is a prophetic anointing and the Bible says our sons and daughters shall prophesy four five six seven eight years old they will prophesy they will speak by inspiration they will have the utterance of the Lord upon them he put his mouth to the mouth of the child he he put his eyes to the eyes of the child to impart vision that this child would really see that this child could see as God sees blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God that this child would be able to walk through life and see God in every circumstance, every trial, every blessing. See the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See the greatness of God. As God develops that child in ministry and that child grows, open that child's eyes to see the creation in this world, to see the colors, to see the beauty, to see the flowers, to see the sunshine, to see the rain, to see the wind as it blows through and the trees clap their hands. My mom is 96 years of age. I was speaking with her a couple of weeks ago and her eyes are dim by reason of age. She said, son, I can't see like I used to. I, 
I can't make the definition out as I used to. I, I can't see the hues and the colors and the beauty of the flowers like I used to. She said, son, if I lived my life over again, I would thank God every day for vision. I would thank God every day for vision that I can see and behold the beauty. Spiritual vision. Put your eyes to the eyes of your children and your grandchildren. Lord, put vision into them. Put understanding. Blessed are your eyes for they see. Anoint their eyes with eye salve that they may see. Holy Spirit anointed eyes. Desperate prayers like Elisha stretched out upon the child. Are you stretched out? Upon your child? Are you stretched out on your grandchildren? Stretch out in prayers. Stretch out in fasting prayers. Stretch out in confession of faith. Stretch out in the promises of God and declaration of God upon their lives. Stretch yourself. Don't stay the way you are. Stretch yourself in the anointing. Stretch yourself for some new inheritance in God. <laughs> Young men shall see visions. Young men shall see visions. Young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. And young men shall see visions. I'm amazed as I've read through the book of Acts once again. If you keep with our Bible reading guide, we just finished the book of Acts. This is New Testament. Book of Acts. I'm amazed how many times the men and women of God saw visions or a dream there was some supernatural occurrence. There was some supernatural indication of the Holy Spirit. Their eyes were opened. It says they fell in a trance. They saw images and pictures and Macedonian man and a great sheet knit at the four corners before Peter. Paul, I... The angel of the Lord stood by me. I saw in a dream, the Lord says, this city, there are many people in this city the New Testament believers walked in visions and dreams. They walked in signs and wonders. Elisha put his eyes to the eyes of the child. Young men shall see visions. And they will walk with eyes open. Walk by faith. Walk in the power of God. He put his hands to the hands of the child. Hands, of course, speak of service. That this child would serve the Lord. This child would serve the Lord. This child would rise out of death. This child would rise off that bed and serve the Lord all the days of its life. Its hands would be busy. That child's hands would be willing to serve the Lord. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Nobody is outside the scope of our service. High or low, stature, Irrelevant. No one is outside of our service as believers in Jesus Christ. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. No boundaries. No barriers. I know books have been risen, written. Boundaries. Set your boundaries. But I want you to know that true men and women of God don't have boundaries. They only have one rule of life, and that is whatever he says unto me, I will do it. Whatever he says to me, I will do it. Well, it's past 5 o'clock. I don't go out anymore. 
Such and such a situation, I've drawn the lines there. True men and women of God do not draw those kind of lines if they want to be true servants of the Lord. They say, Lord, we are available day and night. You want some prayers at four in the morning? You want me to go see somebody late at night? You want me to do something that's not as convenient and in my order for the day? If you speak, I will go because that's my rule of life and that's how I live with you, Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't have boundaries. I only have the voice of Jesus and the will of God. And when he says go, we must go to serve the Lord. Elisha put his hands on the hands of the child, imparting service, a service gift, willing hands, hands that are quick to serve. Proverbs 31, we have a description of the bride of Christ under the virtuous woman. You know that seven times her hands are mentioned? Seven times her hands are mentioned. She serves willingly with her hands, the fruit of her hands, the labor of her hands. She takes the the spindle and the distaff. She, She plants a vineyard. She's busy with her hands, and so must we be in the presence of the Lord. And that's a spirit that we can minister into our children, that they become true servants of the living God. Elisha stretched himself out on that child, prayed over his mouth, prayed over his eyes, prayed over his hands, and all of a sudden the child revived. He sneezed seven times. And Elisha said to the, said to the woman of Shunem, take up your son, take up your son. She fell at Elisha's feet, worshiping and praising the Lord and magnifying the Lord. And that family was blessed with the blessing of the Lord. Now, notice the incredible effort that day for a healing healing anointing and a healing miracle. Incredible pursuit of the Lord. Intercessions that went deep pacing, calling on the Lord. And I know there's a lesson for us there because the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. The violent take it by force. We must press on in the ways of the Lord. We must press on in intercessions and fasting prayers. We must learn to stretch ourselves more than we do or more than we are and receive from the Lord, receive blessing, receive future days, receive anointing and blessing. Bible says of Peter in John 21, Jesus said to him, when you're young, you're young, and when you're young, he said, when you're young, you, you walked where you wanted. You kind of did what you wanted to do. But Peter, when you're old, when you're mature, when the Spirit of God has come upon your life and refined you and changed you and changed some of your desires until the only thing that's important to you is the anointing above everything else and the skill of God in your life, when you are old and you are mature, you will stretch out your hands in the will of God. You will stretch out your hands. And Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 54 and verse 2, and he said, stretch out the curtains of your habitation. Stretch out your homes. Stretch out your spiritual capacity. Stretch out your knowledge of the word of God. Stretch out your prayer power. Stretch out your worship tenacity and longevity. Strengthen the stakes 
and lengthen the cords. Hallelujah. Well, can we close out with 1 Kings 17? I think it's down at the end, 1 Kings 17, final scripture. This relates back now to Elijah. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick and his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, this is the woman, widow woman of Zarephath, what have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And Elijah stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. Let's stand together this morning. I'm a father. I'm a parent. I'm a grandparent. I pray that God would help all of us be faithful in stretching out our life for our children. Stretch out your spiritual capacity. Stretch out your worship. Stretch out your yearning for the Lord. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 4.19, My little children, for whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. That's what it takes to have formation of Christ. It takes travail. It takes birthing. It takes yearning after the Lord. He didn't say that Christ would be created in you. Christ was created in them. You're a new creation because of the gift of God. But if you want the formation of God in your life and you want the formation of God in your family and in your ministry, you have to birth in travail. You have to travail in birth. You have to cry out in intercessions and supplications like Elisha, like Elijah. That's how the blessing and the inheritance of the Lord comes to the people of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's offer ourselves to the Lord this morning. However the Holy Spirit has spoken to you in your life, just receive the word of the Lord today. Receive the word of the Lord. One or two things, maybe many things from the word of God this morning that it's a touch from the Lord. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Receive the word of the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm going to make adjustments. I'm going to learn to move in the anointing, the mentions of your call and your ministry. So as we close out today, let's worship together. Is there anyone here that would like prayer this morning? Please make your way down to the altar at the front. People will be here to pray for you. If you're here today and you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, slip out from where you are. Maybe you need to say today, Holy Spirit, do not slacken the pace for me anymore. Do not slacken the pace for me anymore.
You drive me on in the will of God. Don't soften for me. Don't pull back because I want to pull back. You drive me on in the will of God.